Welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get out your Bible and open up the notes app on your phone as we jump into God's word with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Hey, and welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. I'm excited to talk to you about moving on, moving on after pain, loss, and the healing that really comes from us first deciding that it's time to move on. So we're going to jump into the Word of God together in just a minute. So grab your Bibles, grab a notebook, grab a pen. And before we do, I want to remind you to check out joeymiller.co. For all things Mrs. Rev, you can actually get the show notes from the podcast to dig a little bit deeper. Also, you can sign up for the newsletter and get bi-weekly encouragement uh, from joeymiller.co. Also, don't forget to screenshot if you're listening to the Mrs. Rev podcast and it's ministering to you. Screenshot, let us know about it on social media at Joey Miller or at L Ministries. So glad that you're listening today. Let's go ahead and jump in. Moving on, moving on from pain, moving on from loss. You know, it's not fun. It's almost like a tearing away that happens. And I used to think if we were just robots, it would save us from so much hurt in this world. But we're not. God created us uh, with emotions. God created us to love. And anytime that you love, there's a risk involved that there's going to be pain involved. And so especially during times of uh, loss, times whether that's a loss of a loved one, whether that's a physical loss like a death, or if it's uh, a loss such as a divorce, or even just like a tearing away of a relationship in your life, those seasons are difficult. They're hard to walk through, but I want to take you through some scriptures. I want to take you through uh, some benefits of deciding to move on, that you'll actually see the healing of the Lord move in your life in an accelerated way that God wants you to walk in wholeness, that even though we might experience uh, little tinges of pain in this life, God wants to heal you. God wants to uh, see you uh, recover from those things fully, not to have them identify you for the rest of your life. And so it all starts with a decision. So my prayer for you today is that as we go through these scriptures, as we look at the word of God, as you uh, hear uh, even a little bit of, of the things that I've walked through, that you'll make a decision today that, you know what? Lord, I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to move on. You know, people often think that moving on maybe means that they don't care. Maybe moving on, they feel like means that you're completely painless and, and you're not ready to do that because you're like, well, if I decide to move on, then then I'm maybe disrespecting the person that I lost because, you know, I truly love them and I don't I don't have them anymore. So I'm choosing to stay in that place of pain or or maybe you think I can't really move on because if I move on, then then, you know, no one will will identify that I'm still hurting. And, you know, that's not really how it works. We make a decision to move on, to walk in the fullness of, of the healing that's offered to us through Jesus Christ. So we're going to take a look at some scriptures that have ministered to me through my life and prayerfully they'll minister to you as well. You know, I've experienced all sorts of loss. I've experienced loss of loved ones. I've experienced trauma. I've experienced relational uh, tearing away that's not fun. It's, it's, you know, painful. I wish it wasn't, but it is. And so I want to talk to you out of God's word. We're going to start in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. And there's lots of scripture today. So write them down, even just write the reference down and you can go back and reread them later. I believe that as you do that, uh, the Lord will minister to you personally through them as well. 
So Ecclesiastes 3 says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to gather stones and a time to get to scatter them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, right? COVID-19, time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time for hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And, you know, Ecclesiastes here, uh, it, it addresses the different seasons of life that we go through. It, it recognizes the different uh times that there are, that there's a time for everything, the Bible says, for every season and activity under the sun. And so, you know, as you're going through different things, I want you to keep that in mind that there's a season, maybe if, if there's been a tearing away, it says, I love that scripture, it says a time to tear and a time to mend, that even if you've experienced a, a tearing away of some sort in your life, the, the Lord wants to mend it and make it even stronger and even better. You know, a time, a time to mourn. Uh, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, the Bible says, you know, a time to mourn and a time to dance that that all of these things are times that we go through. So, you know, healing uh, when it comes from God's perspective isn't ignoring things and uh, just pretending like they didn't happen and pretending like you're putting on a mask or a face of joy. No, it's the depth of experiencing. You know what, Lord, I went through that time of pain. I went through that time of mourning and I'm ready to come out on the other side dancing. I'm ready to turn the page. I'm ready to move forward in my life. And, you know, it's not always uh, an easy thing to do, but the grace of God is there for you to do it. And be encouraged by that today. Embrace the grace to heal. Embrace the grace to, to let the Lord take this sting of pain out of your heart. And we're going to be going over some more scriptures and we're going to be going on over some things that could possibly keep us from experiencing healing in our life. You know, and one of those things is really just, you know, choosing not to move on, choosing to let that thing identify you for the rest of your life, choosing to let that thing uh, uh, be a part of who you are or who you become. You know, there's different things in my life that have been traumatic or hard or in the natural would look like a sense of loss. And if I would have let myself be identified by that thing, It what it does is it kind of hits the pause button on uh, that circumstance that Ecclesiastes says, you know, these seasons, these times are not meant for you to stay in, uh, to linger in, but, but to move forward through them. And so when I let that thing identify me, I let it mark me and I let it become a part of who I am, and I carry that thing on. Now, that doesn't mean that that, that loved one that you might have lost or, or that relationship that might have been a part of your life for years and years automatically disappears or that you just automatically erase them for your life. That's not what, you, what it means. What it means is, you know, I know that the life I have is a gift from God and I'm going to not I'm going to choose not to let anything mark that or or keep me from walking in the fullness of that. So I'm making a decision that that tragedy, that trauma, that loss isn't going to keep rearing its head in my life. It's not going to stick with me. And, you know, a lot of people have a hard time deciding to move on because uh, it's like a wound. It's like the, the wound that 
you have and, and people maybe give you attention because of the wound and, and you don't want to let that thing go because as soon as you let it go, maybe people won't uh, give you the attention that you desired or feel bad for you. And there's a point in your, in your life you have to decide, do I want people to feel bad for me or do I want to feel better? Do I want to stay in this place of always uh, taking care of this wound or do I want to move on from here? You know, it's funny because as soon as my kids get a, a, a boo-boo, a so to say, when they were little or, or an injury, uh, when they were younger, they they would be almost be afraid to tell me that it felt better. They liked the attention. They liked being coddled. They liked um, being uh, giving special treatment because of the injury. And so even though I could tell they were getting better or they might have a little more movement in an arm or, or you know, their knee or wherever it was that the injury occurred, uh, I'd say, hey, that's great. You're getting better. You know, uh, the Lord's healing you. And, and, you know, their natural response as a young child was it still hurts. It still hurts. Look, it still hurts. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like that's how we are. When the Lord is, is trying to do a work and trying to get us to move forward and to heal our hearts, uh, as soon as there's a little bit of progress, we're like, wait, no, no, it, you know, it still hurts. It still hurts. I, I want to remind everyone around me that I'm still hurting. And, you know, it all starts with that decision to let go and say, you know what, Lord, I'm choosing to let go. I'm choosing to want to move forward in my life. And that doesn't mean that it's easy and the pain goes away. That doesn't mean that uh, there's not certain times that that you might deal with feelings of loss or grief. But what it means is this. You position your heart in faith to say, this thing's not going to identify me for the rest of my life. This thing's not going to cling to me. This thing's not going to be my story for the rest of my life. When people think of my name, they're not going to feel sad for me uh, or or feel upset for me. No, they're going to remember what a strong person I am, that I've come through this thing, that I'm I'm not hindered by it anymore. And so it all starts with that first decision that you want to move on. You know, 2 Samuel 12, 16 talks about David in a time of great loss in his life. He had entered into sin uh, with a woman, he had her husband killed. And then uh, we see how he <coughs> had a son that came out of that. And the son got sick. And it says that David was really uh, just going through it. In Second Samuel twelve sixteen, it says, David pleaded with the Lord for the child. He fasted and spent days and nights lying in sackcloth on the ground, lying in sackcloth, lying in uh, mourning clothes, lying in uh, just a time of just great grieving and travail uh, over this loss in his life, over this child. And, you know, and then in verse about verse 20, it goes on to say, Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house and he ate. So after he had been uh, in this time, of, of, of really travail, this time where he was completely unconsolable, the child actually passed on. And everyone was confused. They're like, David, you know, how can you flip a switch, so to say, and, and all of a sudden go from this extreme mor- morning to a time where you get up, you wash your face, and you move on with life. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of times that's a good reflection of the decision that we have, that there is that time, as Ecclesiastes says, there's that time for mourning. There's that time for sackcloth. There's that time for travail and working things through with the Lord. And that's what David said. He said, you know, I petitioned the Lord. I I dealt with the Lord about it. But there was a time where David had to decide to wash his face, get up, 
go to the house of the Lord, to worship there, and then to move forward in life. And that's not easy, and it's not heartless to say that. There's been times in my life where I've had to make that decision, where I've had to say, you know what, I'm going to move forward. I remember after my mother passed away, uh, suddenly and uh, tragically, I, I remember uh, watching a movie, and in the movie there was a line of a movie, which I don't usually often quote, but um, someone had just experienced loss, and and uh, the advice they gave, they said, remember, life is for the living. That was the, the line of the movie, and that always stuck with me, that, that if I allowed myself, I could stay in that place of loss. I, everything of my life, I could look through the perspective of loss. I can't enjoy my child's birth because my mother's not here. I can't enjoy this great blessing because my mom's not here. Every Mother's Day, I could sit and, and just be uh, you know, in my room in the dark just thinking about what a great mom I had and why did she leave and why was, you know, all of these things like I, I could have let myself stay in that place of sackcloth and mourning. But life is for the living. Life is a gift from God. And the, the end of the day, I will see my mother again. So I, I had to make a decision. I'm going to live uh, with a light of gratitude. See, whenever you experience loss, it could either taint your perspective and you could look at everything out of that lens of, of grief and loss and mourning, or you can let it shift your perspective into a perspective of gratitude. Life is a gift. Life is fragile. Uh, I thank the Lord for today. I thank the Lord for the breath in my lungs. I thank the Lord for the loved ones around me who I do have today. You know, and after I experienced the loss of my mother, it made me uh, appreciate people around me even more. And it made me appreciate life even more. And so instead of uh, being in a place where I was feeling bad for myself all the time, I then celebrated the good things in my life. And through that, experienced freedom. Through that, experienced uh, healing. And it's not that, you know, I'm insensitive and don't think of my mother often. You know, I think of her on Mother's Day. I think of her all, all the time, you know. But but it's not with a, a sting. It's not with a sting. The Bible says, death, where is your sting? And for a believer, loss doesn't have that sting to it. It doesn't have that thing that wants to, to keep uh, tormenting you. There is actually healing that you can find in Jesus Christ. But it takes you deciding to say, you know what? This is the moment. This is the moment. That doesn't mean I never love them. That doesn't mean that it doesn't stink and, and I don't have moments. But it means that I'm, I'm choosing to wash my face. And, and, you know, that's not just for uh, people who have maybe lost someone to death. Uh, I'm talking about even maybe a divorce. Maybe you've gone through a horrible divorce or a tearing away, a relational tearing away. Maybe it was even a boyfriend that you thought you were going to marry and, and you ended up breaking up. Or maybe it was a friendship that you had for a long time and ended in betrayal, whatever that is. You know, if you let it, it can control your life. If you let it, it can keep you in that place of sackcloth and mourning. It could keep you in that place of bitterness and you know, the second thing that can keep you uh, from experiencing healing when it comes to moving on is that is unforgiveness that in, in that place you could could stay and decide that you're not going to get up, that you're not going to wash your face, that you're not going to move on, that you're going to let that that unforgiveness, you're going to let that uh, that bitterness consume you to the point where it dictates your life and holds you in hostage that that you can't move on in wholeness if you have something inside of your heart that's still uh, holding you back. I think about my daughter. She actually, uh, there's lots of uh, 
child analogies with with uh, boo-boos here, but she she fell in the gravel not too long ago, and she cut her knee, and the problem was the, the cut was so deep that there was actually dirt still in the wound, and so it couldn't heal properly. Every time it would start to heal, it would get infected and there would be pus and uh, the wound would reopen again. And that's how it is if you have bitterness or if you have anger or unforgiveness still in your heart when you're trying to heal. You You have to get that junk out. You have to resolve it with the Lord. You have to have that moment with the Lord where you're saying, you know what? It's in the past. I'm moving on. I'm making a decision to forgive. I'm making a decision to move forward in my life. You being mad at that person isn't going to make them pay for the rest of your life. You being mad at your ex-husband, you being mad and maybe at the person that that, uh, came in between your marriage, you just continuing to be mad. Maybe you're just mad at that friendship. Maybe they, the the friend that betrayed you. You need to let it go and forgive so that that wound can heal properly. If you don't, it's going to be just like what happened to my daughter. Every time it tries to heal, it's going to get infected. There's going to be junk that resurfaces that you have to continue to deal with over and over and over again. Jesus wants to heal you completely. He wants you to move forward because he has good things ahead of you. But if you keep uh, bitterness, if you keep anger, if you keep malice in your heart, you won't walk in complete forgiveness. You know, Psalm 147.3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. He heals you completely, but it takes you giving those things over to him. It takes you saying, you know what, God, this hurts still. This stinks, but I, I'm putting it at your feet. I'm going to I'm gonna choose to walk in wholeness. You know, to heal, you have to actively guard your heart. That You can't just let anything come in. The Bible says to guard your heart above all things because out of it flows every issue of life that if you don't guard your heart and if you don't guard your mind then you'll walk around broken in spirit for the rest of your life proverbs 18 14 says the spirit of a man can endure sickness but who can survive a broken spirit do you know what a broken spirit is it's crushed no hope no joy no hope for the future that you've basically just given up you've hit pause you've let that thing uh interfere with your future So if you're going to walk in complete wholeness, if you're going to move forward in healing, you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your mind. You have to decide that you're not going to think and meditate on things from the past. Meditate on things of pain. You know, I was just talking to a a friend of mine who's actually, uh, she's a, a counselor, a Christian counselor, a psychologist. And she said, there's actually, uh, psych, psychologically, uh, activities now that they're doing with people who've been through trauma and it's called moving them through the trauma and what they do is they take you through a a pattern uh, in psychology of course where they're moving that memory through because your mind just wants to hit that memory on pause it wants to keep you there well the problem with that is if you're if your mind's keeping that memory there, that trauma there, then what happens is your emotions continually line up with that trauma and you can never move forward to experiencing complete healing. And I was thinking how interesting that is because that's what the work of the Holy Spirit, if you yield to him, will do. If you choose to guard your mind, if you choose to guard your thoughts, if you choose to renew your mind with the word of God. Listen, some of you just have to take your thoughts under control. 
I've shared this before. There were times where that traumatic incident with my mom would want to try to play over and over and over again. There's even times that I've experienced trauma and I've seen God come through miraculously, but my mind would try to go down trails it shouldn't have. Well, what if that wouldn't have happened? Well, what if your husband would have died in that accident? Well, what if, what if, what if? You need to silence the what ifs in your life to move forward and you need to say that didn't happen. God is faithful. God is true. He protected him and he will do it again and again. We walk in protection. We walk in in the covenant of healing. Those are the declarations that you need to guard your mind and guard your heart with. You can't go down roads that you were not supposed to go down. You can't, yes, having memories are good and you shouldn't uh, completely forget about the people that you love, but you can't stay in that place of continual grieving. You weren't meant to stay there. It was a time for it, a time for it. And so, you know, you guard your heart, you guard your mind, and you give temporary protection to your heart. What I say by that is this, there's going to be seasons in your life where you're healing that you, you have to put a temporary protection, a temporary guard about your heart in special ways. That might mean maybe you don't look at pictures of you and your spouse before you were divorced. Maybe you don't, uh, maybe you don't meditate on the day that that person passed away. That's a temporary time where you have to guard for healing to happen. If you continue to reopen that wound, if you continue to, to reopen what God is trying to heal, it will not heal properly. So guard it. I'm not saying it's a permanent wall where you completely uh, block everything out and you just pretend like it didn't happen. When you put a temporary guard, it gives space for the Holy Spirit to move uh, outside of even your emotions. You know, I think about the scripture in Hebrews. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Think about that. When you put that temporary guard about your heart uh, and you're like, Lord, I'm going to protect, I'm going to separate from soulish things that, that I know feed into that loss and that pain and that anger and that bitterness. When I purposely put that now for some of us, that might even mean uh, staying off of social media. For some of us, that might mean not uh, going in and stalking that person on Facebook to bring up that pain. That temporary guard gives space for the spirit to come and do its work for the word of God to divide between spirit and soul and get in there and provide a healing to get in there and heal you completely. So we need to make sure that we're purposefully uh, protecting ourselves, that we're making decisions that we're not going to go down bunny trails, that we're not going to feed into those things. Trust me, you know, even in times where I feel like there's been a tearing away of, of even relationships and friendships, man, that's painful. It hurts because you love big. When you are in a, a Christian relationship, a friendship, you know, you're knit together in the spirit. And if there is a tearing away, if there is a separation, it hurts. But you know what? There's a way to take it to the Lord and say, you know what? I'm not going to walk in bitterness. I'm not going to let this thing destroy me. I'm not going to, I'm going to be able to, to walk uh, in, in peace and unity, even in the midst of disagreement and going separate ways, you know, but you still have to guard your heart. And, you know, there's been times even where I'll leave a, a, a conversation and, and that situation will have come up in conversation and I'll feel like I have just got punched in the gut again. And if you've ever gone through any 
type of hurt you know exactly what i'm talking about whether it's the loss of a loved one or the loss of a of a a friendship or relationship in your life you know what i'm talking about you know there'll be times that uh you know i still get maybe punched in the gut every now and again about different uh hurts or different pains but you know what i do i take them to the lord immediately i'll leave uh that conversation and if i feel like i've been hurt i'll take it to the lord quickly i'll say lord you know what this hurts and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna cast it at your feet this is a sacrifice of praise to me because i'm gonna lay it down and then i'm gonna thank you that you turn all things around for my good. I thank you that you're a God of restoration, that you're a God of purpose, that as Ecclesiastes say, there's a time to tear and there's a time to mend. And I know that there's going to be restoration, reconciliation. I know that you're going to bring beauty from ashes in my life, from whatever that situation was. And when you do that, you take it to his feet. It's a beautiful sacrifice to him because he knows it hurts. He, he knows it hurts. The Bible says he keeps track of every tear that you cry. He knows and he watches how you handle pain. And it's not that he wants you to just man up and, and chin up and, and not have any pain. It's, it's what you do with that pain. David went through pain. But then there was a time where he said, you know what? It's time to move on. He washed his feet, took off his morning clothes, put on his praise clothes and went to the house of the Lord and worshiped. And that is that is a word for somebody listening out there today. Whatever that pain is, don't let it keep you bound up. Don't let it keep you paused in life, like on pause button. You can't move forward. Some of you can't move into the next season that even God has for you. Good things because you're so caught up on what didn't happen. Some of you, uh, you know, even went through maybe painful divorces that, that weren't your fault. And, and, you know, the enemy wants to keep you in that place when God is saying, you know what? Wash your face. It's done. You're, it's time to move on. I have blessings for you in the future. Then I'm going to fill you with every desire of your heart. But it's us making that decision to say, Lord, I'm giving this all to you. I'm giving you all of my pain. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and work like only you can work. Come come into me and 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 heal me. Bind my wounds. Show me the areas of my life that that still need healed so I could walk in complete wholeness. Like I said, walking in wholeness doesn't mean that we forget that person. Walking in wholeness doesn't mean that 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 loved one didn't mean something to us. Walking in wholeness is saying, you know what, God, you are so good that you healed the parts of my heart that were hurting. And now I can I can look back and see your hand in all of it. That you take everything that the enemy meant to harm me and you turn it around and you use it for my good. Isaiah 54, 4 says, do not be afraid. You won't put be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace, for you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth, and the reproach of your widowness will not be remembered anymore. You know, God wants you to move through this thing, that, that, that it doesn't stick to you, that there's no trace of it on you, that people don't look at you and, and shame you or remember, uh, you know, the hardship. And you don't remember the hardship, that all you look back and remember is the goodness of God. And I can attest to that through every difficult season of my life. When I look back on my life, I don't think, oh, that was so hard. Or I don't think back to the different traumas. I look back and there's one consistency and that is God's goodness, his ability to make beauty for ashes, his ability to restore what I might have, have thought was broken, that, that wasn't going to ever be healed that wasn't ever going to be uh, restored, that I could never be happy again. Trust me, God takes it all and he makes it 
good again. Isaiah 61 3 says, And you will provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Wow, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning. A spirit of despair won't be there anymore. You'll instead have a garment of praise called oaks of righteousness. You know what that that means? That you're steadfast, you're unmoved uh, by anything that would have come against you. That you're just strong in the Lord. A planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So whatever that looks like today in your life. Whatever pain you've been through, whatever tragedy, I'm sorry. And I, I, I can relate to you, but I could tell you, don't stay in that place. It's not healthy. God is too good and your future is too bright to let that thing define you and keep you in that place. Say, Lord, today I'm making a decision to move forward in healing, to move forward in forgiveness, to move forward to, to letting you divide between soul and spirit and do a work that only you can do. He is so good. And when he heals, he heals you completely. And that's my prayer for you today, that you'll walk in complete wholeness and accomplish every good thing that he has for you. I love you so much. I'm a a fan and I can't wait to see what God does in and through you. Until the next time on the Mrs. Rev podcast, I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. If you could help us out, do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a rating and a review. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave any of your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast.